0: From Leader Me Studios, I'm Molly Garcia. This is The Empowering Teacher. For many of us, our Leader Me journey began with a school visit, student graders, and of course, student ownership throughout the campus. You can feel it. It's wonderful and can be overwhelming at the same time, thinking about just how we can bring this out in our classroom. Today, we've got you. Let's break this down and talk specifics around how we begin empowering our students by intentionally teaching them to lead. We're connecting with Dee Vong and Jorge Bada from Solano Elementary School in Los Angeles, California, LAUSD East. Dee and Jorge, welcome to the Empowering Teacher podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Molly. It's great to be here today. Thank you, Molly, for having us.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to have both of you and to share just all of your wisdom and genius around Leader Me. I would love for us to start the conversation today with something that I've heard both of you say on many occasions, that at Solana we teach students to lead. Share with our
2: listeners, what does that mean? When well, we say teach students to lead. um it means that we're not only teaching students to lead um, other people, but also to lead themselves in their own lives, simply yeah. put.
0: Yeah, I love that. Leading self and leading others. Okay, so that opens up a great segue into our conversation today is if we walked onto your campus. When you say we teach them to lead themselves and others, like what would we see
1: at Solano? I think immediately upon coming onto our campus, you'll see students engaged in a sense of them taking ownership for the culture that they helped develop here at Solano. Um, whether, it's, it's, whether it's students signing up for a school-wide leadership job, um, helping our plant manager put the, put the flags up in the morning, first thing when they come in. Whether it's, it's helping the, whether it's our upper grade students helping the little ones during recess. Um, there's always an opportunity for our students to be involved. And, and I think that's one of the first things that you see. Um, additionally, I think you, you hear conversations that you normally wouldn't hear at other schools. And you definitely hear students being respectful, not only to each other, but to the adults and, and vice versa as well. Um, I've been at different school sites where you don't have that mutual respect between students, adults, and even parents. Um, but, but even our, our parents are, are, are genuine in how they approach our teachers and, and how they approach our staff. So not, not only is it what do you see when you come to salon but it, it's also what you hear.
0: Mm-hmm. And this doesn't happen overnight, right? It's a work in progress. So talk to us about what conditions need to be in place for students to lead.
1: I think one of the, the main conditions is um, being able to, as, as the adult, being able to understand that when you allow students to take ownership, when you allow them the opportunity to, to become leaders, it's going to be messy and, and it's okay. It's okay that, that it's not going to be perfect um, because that, that's where the true learning happens, right? When, when, when you reflect afterwards, when, when our students engage in a plus delta of what went well and, and how can we be better next time that, that we engage in, in an assembly or an assignment or a discussion. Um, so, so I, I think in terms of for the adults and the conditions that need to be present is we need to be okay with letting things go to our students and guiding them, not, not necessarily jumping in when things go wrong, but just working alongside them, not working for them.
0: I love that let's let's just like embrace the messy it's that productive struggle where we know impactful learning is gonna happen and um not doing it for them let's let's be the guide on the side for sure now talk to us before you jumped into the integrated approaches where it was just part of the air you breathe at Solano, what foundations did you set in place?
2: Well, I think one of the most um Challenging and yet rewarding experiences was, you know, having the whole staff go through the leader in me training and first and foremost, learning about the seven habits and um, what they mean and really digging down deep and asking us to think about our own lives and reflect on our own our own lives, you know, whether it be personal or professional and how these seven habits can relate um, and um, inform our own personal lives. Right. So that foundation, um, you know, we have to start with that. We have to start with a, a general understanding of, you know, what are the seven habits? Why are we learning about them? And how could they help us? And why is it important to do the hard work there? So I would say that would be the first step.
0: Yes, it's that inward outward process. I love bringing that modeling piece into place because we know the eyes and the ears, they're a pathway to the brain. And that's exactly what it sounds like is happening at Solana, embracing the habits first ourselves, modeling it, living out loud for our students. And so thank you for bringing that back into um, our space of learning and embracing the messy with that all. Um, Do I have to ask you, considering you know the that this opportunity for students to lead what supports do our teachers need from the principal to move forward with student empowerment
2: i think one of the most important things is we need our principal to be open minded about the whole situation to understand that what's being asked of us is not simply just a new curriculum it's not a curriculum at all but it is a a lens a different sort of lens by which we can reflect on ourselves, right? And that lens can then be applied to our teaching and our actions. And so this is really hard work. Um, and it's authentic work that we're asking from our teachers. And so when the principal is able to Give us some grace to allow and understand that all of us may be coming from a very different place, either professionally or personally, and having that willingness to be flexible and um, to accept that we are coming from different places, and um, continue to encourage, nonetheless. I think that's really important.
0: Yeah, I love. I heard flexibility, grace, and space to. Um, go through our own learning as we are walking through the same journey as our as our students as they're learning something new. So here here's my my thought to that, and just thinking about the learning process and embracing the habits and the work that we do as we're modeling for students opportunities to lead from a teacher's perspective. When you hear, well, we don't have all of our teachers bought in to leader me, or you know, not all, all of our teachers, you know think it's possible for students to lead. How do you respond to that?
2: It is not easy. Not every school is the same. This is a question that I get all the time from from other teachers at other schools. And it is a real concern because all of us are individuals. It's a very common struggle that people uh, face when they are trying to get started. But I think that it comes down to the teacher's. And um, the relationship that we have with each other, because it doesn't matter how open minded or flexible or forgiving the principal may be. I think what helps other teachers buy into it is hearing from other teachers, the doubtful teachers, if we offer ourselves up to our own experiences, our successes, as well as our failures, and also continuously offering up our help. And our assistants and asking, how's it going with you? What else do you need support with? You know, um, and just being open to sharing ideas and listening. I think that's what helps with teacher Mm buy-in. I love that, that support happening.
1: Yeah. And and also, if if I can add add on to what Mrs. Wong mentioned, I think from, from an administrator, from a principal's perspective, we need to be understanding that everyone has their own comfort level as to how they live and engage and teach the habits to our students. Right. And, and so for me, it's important to to know that and understand that everyone is at a different level in their comfort with the, with the, with how they're implementing and living and, and teaching the habits. And, and I need to be constantly reminded um, by myself, right. That, that every, everyone is, is implementing it to the best of their ability based off of where they're at in their learning. Um, because we do have new teachers here on campus that didn't go through the entire process with the, our original core of teachers. And, and so I, I need to have that understanding that, you know they, yes, they're implementing it and, but, and they're implementing it to the best of their ability. And I have to be, like like Mrs. Wong mentioned, I have to be able to provide that grace and and that understanding that, yes, it might not be like the teacher next door, but they are implementing it at their own comfort level, and that's okay.
0: Yeah, and it seems like that empathic lens that both of you are referring to really opens up um, the opportunity for support. You know, where to support your teachers on having that empathic lens and, and seeing what we need to be able to move forward and teaching it and living it and sharing it in, in that collaborat- collaborative space. You two did a beautiful job really of helping us see what our teachers are embracing to really help students to lead. I have to ask the question when, Oftentimes when we say our students are going to lead, right, if we're a kindergarten through eighth grade campus, a preschool through eighth grade campus, whatever the age group it is, you know, we'll often hear people think, well, not all students can lead, right? Is this, you know, is this even possible? So I want to ask, how do teachers on your campus make student leadership age appropriate and is it okay for it to look different?
1: I I think it it needs to look different for for different age groups, different age spans. Um, One one thing that that we are constantly looking at when we create our action teams and and our school-wide leadership jobs is how do we make the application? Because all of our students go through an application process to apply for a school-wide leadership job. And every year, the teachers that make up the student leadership action team that's responsible for the school-wide leadership jobs, They're always thinking about how can we revise the application so that our little ones are able to complete it and understand what their responsibilities are going to be for a particular job. right? And and I think that reflection piece uh, goes a long way in making sure that when we ask our students to be leaders, that we are making it age appropriate for them. Right. Um, With uh within within the classroom uh, we also utilize the leader in me workbooks which are definitely you know geared towards p- particular grade levels to where our upper grade students our 6th grade students use level 6 which in which our lower grade students for example our TK and our kinders are working out of level 1 So so it's really understanding the resources that we have within at our disposal from the leader in me and from the website to make sure that we are differentiating it for the specific grade levels.
0: So I'm hearing you say loud and clear, it should look different. Yeah. And so as you're working through that, what was challenging as you embrace this paradigm of like all students can lead, kindergarten, TKers, sixth graders?
1: I, I think for for me, I, I I think back to my first year here at Tulano, eighteen nineteen school year, and our our first leader of the month assembly rolls through. I was ready to take that microphone and welcome everybody <laughs> and do the typical duties that you know the principal is going to do, right? Yeah. Welcoming the parents and okay, let's get the pledge of allegiance going. Let me. In. I did not say a word. I did not say a word that first leader of the month assembly. Yeah, and and that's when I really saw the students in action and mm-hmm. use that student voice. That's so powerful, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and I, and-
2: <laughs> I think I still remember the look on your face when we <laughs> broke the
1: news to you.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, remember I remember going.
1: The- <laughs> I remember going through the planning stages with the lighthouse. And, I, and, and in the back of my mind, I kept thinking, okay, so when do I speak? Okay. I have yeah. to say something. I'm the principal. I was yeah. so nervous. Yeah. <laughs> even they though were. we had a script, even though we had a script, I was so nervous because yeah. I, I was like, okay, how is this going to work? Is this going to work? All the students are in here right now. There's parents. There's teachers. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Do I, if it doesn't go well, do I run up on stage and yank the mic? <laughs> right (laughs) um it's yeah but but i i I saw it right and and you don't really understand the power of it Mm -hmm. until you see it for yourself
0: yeah and and that's
1: when i realized okay this is powerful yeah students have a voice and this is what it should look like
0: yeah. It's amazing the magic that happens when we just get out of their way, right? <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I lo- and i love to hear the energy coming from both of you when you, it's almost like I could almost experience being there as you're talking about your students. And with, I mean, that's so contagious. And I also want to on our podcast, be really, to be real with our, te- you know, our teachers. So what do we, how do we help And encourage one another when you know as a teacher we hit a barrier and we want to go back to doing it all for students what
2: would you recommend oh gosh I would say you know what just stop (laughs) Stop. Uh, think (laughs) and just let it go it's okay yeah it's hard you know it really is hard to let go of responsibilities. And um, the thing is, if we never try it, it's never going to happen. So um, for me, when I hit a barrier, I try and talk to a colleague and um, I try to resist that initial instinct to you know, take it back, you know, put it on my plate instead, take over the responsibility. It's hard, you know, and you don't always succeed in that. Sometimes, you know, let's be real. Sometimes you are in a time crunch and you're thinking, okay, fine. I will do it this month. And I swear I will. (laughs) Next month is when I try again. Right. Uh-huh. And that's totally uh-huh. okay. That uh-huh. is totally okay. And one of the things that I am very open about is showing that vulnerability to my students. I have no qualms in telling my students, you know what, this this isn't working out the way I thought it would. Um, and I feel frustrated, but I don't want to give up on it. And I'm, I'm going to try it again. Okay. so So I think that's important for students to see as well, too. That yeah. we also struggle, yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. I I love that because we're modeling that it doesn't always work the way we want it to, and we continue to try. We get right back up. We lean into grit, and we've got this, and we're going to keep on trying. You know, it it you know sometimes, D, when we're getting ready to start something new, we can certainly overthink it, um, and we can make it way more complicated than it needs to be. How do you keep things simple as we begin to lean into opportunities to support our students in leading? How do we do that?
1: I, I think we're, we're all guilty of making things overcomplicated because we want it to be perfect, right? You need to start from where you're comfortable. If you're not comfortable, it, you're going to make it overcomplicated for, for no reason at all. Um, yes, Yesterday when Mrs. Vong and I were talking, we just, we just kept going back to the same thing. Keep it simple. Keep keep it simple and start from where you are comfortable. Not from where the teacher next door is at, right? Not from where the teacher on the other side of the campus is at. Start from where you are at. And and allow yourself that space and that opportunity to make mistakes because that is how we're going to move forward. So so I mean that that's my that's how that's what I would say is start from where you are comfortable.
2: Yeah. And, you know, also just talking to your colleagues, right, just having that continuous conversation um really helps me to just get it get out of my own head. Right. Um Certain things uh, that seem really complicated, you know, I might bring it up to my my friend and she might say, oh, well, I do it this way. And it's like, ding, like the light bulb just turned on. Right. Like, oh, yeah. You're right. So yeah, communication, keep it simple.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love that. So when you started to notice the the shift in paradigms on your campus happening to, you know, keeping it simple, you know, it's going to be messy. We're going to just embrace student leadership and let go of the mic. What, did you see it right away when that paradigm shifted? How did that, what benefits did came out of that?
1: I was thinking back on this question yesterday and and I was sharing with Mrs. Wong. Our current sixth graders were in first grade when I first started. So with those first graders, I didn't see it right away. And and, and it's been an amazing journey to see those first graders who are now in sixth grade develop those habits, develop that vocabulary. Develop those leadership skills, those leadership qualities, and assume bigger leadership roles here on campus. So, so for me, it wasn't something that I noticed right away, um, aside from the assembly, right? <laughs> um, but, but for me, I've also been looking at it like long term. Um, but like, where, where were our current sixth graders? Where were they five years ago? Where was I five years ago? And how have we grown over these last couple of years? knowing that we had a pandemic, knowing that there was out, you know, things out of our circle of control. And how did we manage it as as a school site? And how did we come out, you know, better people, better leaders, um, better listeners to start this school year? So my paradigm has shifted every single year as I learn and I embrace what the habits teach us and how the how the habits touch our heart
2: just the simple understanding and embracing of growth mindset mindset is a paradigm shift in itself. So, you know, what we see our students in their ability in first grade, you know, we don't just see them as, Oh, well, well, that's it. They're failures, right? We see them as, um, Oh, what, what will that become? You know, what, what is that journey going to look like? Let's, let's sit back and, you know, give guidance when needed and let's watch and, and see what happens. Um, and understanding that that's what leadership is or that's what teaching leadership is right. Um, allowing for that process to take place because it really is not an overnight thing at all. um, it isn't at all. So we do see that progression from uh, year to year.
0: I have the biggest smile on my face just hearing you talk about that. it's a long-term investment. It's something that they are going to take with and they're going to uh, take all that they've experienced at Solano um, throughout their whole entire lives. And so do you guys ever look back? And, you know, think about the results that you're getting with your students as we're kind of in this space right now. But when you look back, what can you affirm are direct results of choosing to let students to lead?
1: Um, I, I think we we touched on this in a little earlier in the podcast. It's um, having students have feel empowered to make decisions that shape the culture here at Solano. Um, and, and I think that that's the, the ultimate affirmation that I've been that I've witnessed, right? It is students coming up with additional schoolwide jobs that interest them that weren't necessarily available in one particular year. Or or knowing that our lower grade students, our primary grade students, can also be decision makers and change makers and inviting them to be part of our student lighthouse team as junior junior lighthouse members.
2: Yeah, and you know, for me, our students um, Exude this sort of quiet confidence, um, whether it be meeting new adults on campus, um, new students, they are not afraid. I'm not even sure if it's, you know, is it that they're brave? It's just that they are comfortable. They're comfortable. They know that their role is to be welcoming and to show kindness and to be helpful. And, um, and, you know, you don't see that at every school, you know, when you visit a school, not all the students will be able to look at you in the eyes, um, are not readily comfortable speaking to you, you know, um, and greeting you. So our, our students have this quiet confidence about themselves, um, when it comes to meeting new people. And, um, even a sense of excitement. You know, a lot of times when we know that we have a a particular visitor coming on campus, we often will ask um, students, um, you know, who would like to be the welcoming crew for that. And we always get a lot of um, willing students. So uh, it's it's amazing.
0: Well, it sounds like the results that you're getting by embracing the messy work, (laughs) really leaning into the paradigms of vulnerability and that students can and they will, and we're going to empower them, that you have really opened up opportunities for students and the results have been extraordinary. So thank you both for sharing and leaning into the possibilities of student empowerment and just what it opens up for our school when we really like, let students shine and they they jump into that student leadership. Thank you both for that. It's so much appreciated. I have to tell you, we're going to get ready to pivot just a little bit, and we're going to go into what we call the rapid-fire question zone. Um, we're going to have some fun. Are you guys ready? Short responses. Do not overthink it. Are you ready? Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay, here's question number one. One thing that you're grateful for today.
2: I am grateful for my colleagues,
1: um, one thing that I'm grateful for today is the, the support staff that we have here at Solano. Oh, um, yeah. as I was sharing with you yeah. prior to, prior to, to starting, it was definitely a tornado of a morning. Mm-hmm. Um, but the support staff here in the office that we have is just amazing. And, you know, they stopped me. They said, Mr. Parra, breathe. Let <laughs> us know how we can help you. And we, and we got this.
0: We got this and one mission, got this. one team, yeah, yes. And we got okay, this. yes, one quick fact that most people may not know about you, okay, I'm waiting for this one.
1: <laughs> I love to iron <laughs>
2: <laughs> a quick fact that people probably don't know about me is that when I was little, I want you know besides wanting to be a teacher, I also wanted to be a truck driver. <gasps> <laughs> what one word your past teachers would use to describe you?
1: <laughs> oh gosh, I, I think and I and I would hope that that it's a uh, understanding, mm. uh, understanding that mm-hmm. you Aww. know I I I, I try to, I I try to place put myself in 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 their shoes and their situations and I think that's why I'm always interested in learning about them and and their family.
2: You know, that's so funny because I kind of interpreted that question so differently because Mr. Bada, you're talking about the teachers that you work with, you know, and I took it as like my, my elementary school teachers, middle school teachers, high school teachers. So, um, you know, I was a pretty quiet kid. I was really quiet, but I, I think one word that my sixth grade teacher who taught, English always said that I was creative. That meant a lot to me. Here's
0: our last question is what is the best piece of leadership advice you've ever
1: received? It's a, it's from Dr. Baca, who used to work at local district East. He always, he would always start his, his professional development meetings with school culture will eat instructional strategies for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. You, you could mm-hmm. try to implement the best most effective um instructional strategies so you turn blue in the face but if your school culture is not positive if teachers don't feel welcomed and empowered then those strategies will not be effective and so i i always try i always remind myself that school culture trumps everything yes we're here for instruction yes we're here to keep everyone safe but with that comes, everyone needs to feel comfortable.
0: Yeah, that safety. Yeah, yeah. Love it. How about Dee? What are you thinking?
2: Yeah, you know, um, I can't really put my finger on a particular piece of advice. Um, but I do recognize that before coming to Solano, I did not lead in the the same capacity as I do now. Um, obviously I led in my classroom, um, but I was a very quiet faculty member at my old school. And I don't think anyone here would ever say that I'm quiet, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I think I've been trying to think about like, you know, what, what changed for me when I got here and it wasn't so much a piece of advice, but, um, uh, Mr. Bertrand was the principal here when we first started Leader and Me. And even before Leader and Me, um, I think it was that he started to ask me directly, as well as others, other teachers, what do you think? What do you think, mm-hmm. Mrs. Wong?
0: Dee and Jorge, thank you for having some fun with us. And everyone, we'll be right back with some more greatness from Dee and Jorge in just a moment. Have you ever wondered how to get the results you desire and how to achieve your highest priority goals? The four disciplines of execution provides a clear path to achieving those goals. I'm Erica Givridge, a Leader and Me coach and consultant. The 4DX Mini Lessons is a phenomenal tool. The 4DX Mini Lessons can be found on LeaderandMe.com. Welcome to the Paradigm Pause. Leadership is for everyone. This is a paradigm of empowering teachers. This deep belief that when our students lead, amazing and inspiring things happen. The empowering teachers at Solano Elementary School remind us that the paradigm of leadership doesn't promise our students will lead like us. What it guarantees is that in the messy work of learning and growing, Students are empowered to take risks, to lead self and others, and to do hard things. It's where teachers and students work synergistically to discover their gifts and talents so they know where they can lead and where they will lead. When we choose to embrace the paradigm of leadership, we choose to let go and release the many opportunities to our students. It doesn't have to be complicated. Simply ask, what is one thing I can let go of today that will empower my students to lead tomorrow? Welcome back, everyone. We always end our podcast episode with one doable action step or strategy that the empowering teacher can take right back to their classroom. So, Dee and Jorge, keeping our focus on teaching students to lead, what is one thing that our teachers can move forward with today? that will have a big impact in their classroom?
2: I would say, think of one thing that you are doing right now in the classroom that you are willing to give up to a student and, and just do it. And also with the anticipation that it's not going to be done the way you would do it,
1: but that's okay.
0: Yeah, that's okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And I'd like to add, um, amplify, your, amplify your student's voice. If you don't do this already in your classroom, something as simple as, as asking your students, asking your class, how would you change our classroom? And, and allowing them to come up with some ideas of, of how to change maybe some of the, the routines in the classroom or uh, homework assignments in the classroom or the way we line up in the classroom. Um, you know, just, just to give our students that that agency and, and that student voice within the classroom.
0: Yes. Amplify and let go. <laughs> D and Jorge, thank you for sharing your genius with us today. And of course, a big thank you to our listeners. Keep shining. You've got this.